0: Hey everyone, this is Gavin. Hey
1: everybody, this is Todd.
0: And I'm Craig. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of the Major's Mess Up podcast. I am your host, Gavin, and I'm joined by Todd and Craig.
2: Hey.
0: Yo. Was that part of your neck? Yeah, it was. Can you already hear him finishing it off? (laughs) Fucking hell. Anyway, we are back again. Uh, We do have a guest coming up at some point uh, on today's show. Shouldn't be too much longer. It, It is comedian Ronnie Pascal. Or Pascal? Pas- I'm going to go with Pascal because it sounds right. But we'll ask him when he comes on. Anyway, he's uh, he's got a pretty big Twitter following. Um, he's uh, verified on Twitter, which is pretty exciting for him. And um, nice. he's, he's made it his goal to be on 365 podcasts in 2020, which I think is outrageous. And I can't wait to talk to him about it. I mean, I think we're like number six or seven that he's been on so far this year. But I could be wrong. Well, um, I
1: feel special that he chose us to be a part of the... Uh the adventure
0: yeah yeah so i mean i've listened to a few of the podcasts that he's been on he's a nice guy he's a funny dude so looking forward to having a chat with him so we got him coming awesome. up shortly um we have before i forget as well we have we, ha- we run a competition on instagram to win a can of the trailer park boys freed can never say this freedom 35 uh, lager and uh we do actually have a winner. And the winner for that that we picked out random is Little Man Lindsay. So if Little Man Lindsay wants to get in touch, gives you an address, we will send that can of uh, Trailer Park Boys lager to you uh, at our earliest convenience. Um, also as well, we have had, and I'm not just saying this, I mean, I'm being genuine now, we've had some amazing feedback off our last episode, which was like our first episode with just the three of us as hosts and it was extremely well received so i just want to thank everyone for for all the support you've shown us because for me personally i thought that i was a little bit worried because you never know you know people are going to you know have a change a difference of opinion and um, some people are going to go one way and some people are gonna go the other honestly nobody has been overly bothered at all about any of the changes that have been made so like and, and that means a lot to us because it's given us confidence to carry on so uh, we feel like the last show was very entertaining and uh, it's, it's, like I say, it's been well-received. You know, we, we did that skit. Me and Todd did that that skit, the uh, the radio show skit. Um, <laughs> get to the point. And uh, that's, that's gone down. People love it. Um, and we will have uh, have an edition of that uh, later on in the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. And um, we're just going to have a quick chat with uh, with Todd and Craig, see how they've been getting on. Craig, what's going on, mate? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, got a toothache. So I'm feeling a bit
3: crap at the moment.
0: What's going on? Like, why? How's this happened?
3: I think uh, I have a little hole in my gum because I get like these little pains now and again. A
0: little, uh, a hole in your gum.
3: Yeah, like a gap. Like it's probably like exposed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that doesn't sound fucking too much fun, does it? Jesus. No, that sounds shitty.
3: Been there. I've been using this toothpaste that Leanne got from the doctors as opposed to, like, heal... Well, not heal, but, like, get rid of the sensitivity and all that. And It has worked, like, all last week. I didn't didn't have no pain at all. But uh, today, it's, it's like, come back again. So Mm. I've been taking Paracetamol and I'm going to, like, try and go to the dentist at some point soon.
4: You never go, do
0: you?
3: No, but (laughs) my teeth are shite, so... (laughs) <laughs> they need. To probably, they probably need to be looked at because I, I haven't been in a long time Jesus
0: man you're supposed to go every fucking year you're supposed to go a couple of times a year every uh, six
3: months for a
1: cleaning
0: yeah see they don't do that in the UK you can not You can do it but it's not like they don't start reminding you that you should go and do it
3: well, I used to always get reminded but uh, they, they, they it's just, it's just stopped for some reason like I used to get letters all the time
0: they probably just thought oh his teeth are fucked just leave him <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Why are your teeth all fucked? Don't know.
3: See, it's coming back again now because I'm talking. Fucking hell. Well, I don't feel bad. I haven't been a dentist in
1: like six years, so... Haven't you? Nah, fuck it.
0: Oh, Jesus. But these pearly whites? Shit, I don't need no dentist. Well, see, I'm having a problem at the moment because I'm on my wife's insurance. I did have my own insurance with the job I do, but um, it worked out cheaper for me to go on my wife, so I cancelled my insurance and I'm on hers now. And I grind my teeth at night time and they're like telling me they've been telling me for ages I need a bite plate, like to sleep in at night time. And like I'm trying to go through insurance and they're not getting back to me with a quote and it's pissing me off. Like it's been it's been ages now, it's been like seven months, and I haven't heard anything. And the dentist's getting pissed, because the dentist's like, What you know, what's going on? Why isn't why aren't they getting back? So the dentist's trying to chase it up for me now. And I'm still waiting. It's fucking unbelievable. Right, Ronnie is still
1: spending all that fucking money for like a professional bite plate why don't you just go down to the local store and like get yourself a mouth guard and just form it and
0: put no, it no. In. It's fucking fit. that's what i feel like doing to be honest so todd what have you been up to
1: well i actually got a new job recently um so i, I no longer work for the cable service so what Cause I get, well it was a dangerous job and i got tired of being out in the elements like working in fucking pouring down rain being out in blizzards climbing ladders and being attacked by dogs and you know in the summertime you get swarmed by bees and lock boxes and shit so now I'm, I'm i have a new uh job where i'm going to work in in a uh, distribution like a warehouse that for beer and wine and and uh, soda and i'm just uh basically stacking pallets like product on pallets wrapping the pallet and then putting them on trucks to ship out
0: so using a, a forklift
1: um well it's like a standing power jack. It's it's yeah, like yeah. a forklift but I stand on it and which I've I've used many times before in other jobs so I'm very comfortable with that and I can drive a forklift, uh forklift, straddle stacker, cherry picker. I'm very uh I'm very adept with all the power equipment so.
0: Well that's it. Like I mean I don't know about there but in in Canada like I drive a forklift during my day job and like it covers like you know the one forklift license covers like a load of other Vehicle similar to the forklift, you know, it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't just cover you know the the kind of vehic- the kind of forklift that I use. It covers like standing ones as well, and right. so it's you know it's it yeah it's good.
1: Well, if you can operate one where you're setting down, whether it be propane or electric, um, you should be able to handle any kind of power jack that you walk behind or stand on, because basically the same shit, just slightly different mechanisms. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So this new job is it is it is it better money?
1: Well no, it's it's less money but it's a hell of a lot less stress.
0: Excellent. Well that's i like, I'm
1: excited about it.
0: Well that's the thing and it's not always about the money. I mean, obviously the money is nice, but like it's it's all about like you know, you're feeling happy at work essentially, you know. You don't right. want to be working somewhere that's making you miserable. So um if it's right. if it's improved your mood, then that's an amazing thing and
1: Well, I get this rule of thumb. I say when when the bullshit outweighs the benefit, I fucking walk. Yeah. And at the in the cable industry the bullshit Far exceeded the benefit, so I just could no longer put on a happy face and play the game. So
0: that's good Craig's uh, never put my, on a my happy face away. Those who
1: can. <laughs> 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 well, he kind of doesn't have to worry about it. I mean, with his job, he just kind of goes in and does his thing. And
0: well, you kind of do because you're dealing with sick people. So you know, the last thing they want to see is a miserable cunt like him walking over, going, "Do you want a cup of tea?" Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what they get. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just be like that, sitting in their armchair. or Oh, kill me now. Fucking hell. Anyway, we're going we're to uh, bring in Ronnie now because he's waiting to join us. In fact, you know what? Right, before we bring Ronnie in, let's, let's actually go through now to what we haven't recorded yet, but we're going to record soon. Let's go through now to our, our uh, second edition of um, Get to the Point, the comedy sketch that me and Todd work on.
4: Get to the point with
0: Hello and welcome to Get With A Point with uh, Elroy McNeil, The Big Deal. Of course, that's me. Uh, You're listening to uh, 98.7 Cheese FM, Banger's Best Music Mix. And that last song there that you heard before the ad break was, of course, Bump and Grind by sex offender R. Kelly. Uh, Great musician, super talented, uh, but you wouldn't want him around your kids. Uh, Unless, of course, they've been stung by a jellyfish. Anyway, the time is now 1 a.m., and we do have a hot topic for today's show, and it is uh, spontaneous human combustion. And that, of course, is the, uh, the weird thing of uh, the human body bursting into flames for no apparent reason. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon. Nobody understands whether it's real, whether it's fake. We're here to find out. If anybody's got any stories about spontaneous combustion, please call in and let us know. Uh, I've got a feeling there's quite a few people out there. Uh, There's a lot of YouTube videos you can find. If you go on there and type in spontaneous combustion, you will find some fantastic videos uh, that will explain the whole theory. Uh, And I'm just fascinated with this. So I I really want to find out whether it's real or not. So please do uh, call in the show. Or, of course, you can email us. Uh, The email uh, address is uh, McNeil at cheesefm.com. Uh, And we did promote that earlier on our social media pages. Um, We put out the question, do you know anybody that bursts into flames? And uh, we have actually got an email now to read out. This email is from Tommy Shipman. And he says, I have a friend named Sally. Well, she's not really a friend, but I knew her in high school. Anyway, one day she went out shopping. As she was strolling through the aisles, her arm caught fire. Just her arm, nothing else. It was fascinating to see. A young woman flailing around the cereals and pancakes, with flames spewing from her arm. Finally, the police show up. They immediately throw her in handcuffs and send her to jail. What was the charge? Possession of unlicensed firearm. Very, very funny Tommy Shipman. Okay, now I'm just gonna tell you now, this show, I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, there's people that have burst into flames and died. It's not a laughing matter, and I don't find it funny with people emailing in trite like that. So if anybody else has got any plans of calling in and making jokes about the human body burning, you can think again, okay? I'm not interested. And on that note, we do actually have a caller uh, on the line. The caller is Seth Kowalski, and he uh, apparently he's got a a story to tell us. So, uh, Seth, are you there? Yes, sir.
5: Hello. How are
0: you? I am fantastic. How are you?
5: Well, I'm I'm pretty good here, buddy. Let me tell you, I'm settling in. I am listening to your show. I'm a big fan, big fan, and uh, I, I I appreciate you dealing in some of these paranormal uh, topics that you uh, like to discuss here.
0: Yeah, well, it's important, you know. And I, I like to think of myself as doing a you know a service to uh, to you know humanity, really. So uh, first thing I will say to you, Seth, is don't be nervous. You know, I know it's nerve wracking talking to celebrities, but uh, please. You have no reason to feel like that around me so just relax tell us your story oh, okay. and i'll we'll... take
5: a deep breath here oh okay uh, i'm feeling pretty good and relaxed right now then buddy
0: okay uh, fire away when ready
5: fire away all righty here we go
0: yeah no no uh, no pun intended there i apologize if i've offended anyone with that comment please don't call in it wasn't offensive
5: i, I take no offense uh, whatsoever uh yeah so uh, I I I, uh, I actually have quite a bit of uh, knowledge of spontaneous human
0: combustion. But wonderful! I, what what is it? Please share.
5: Well, I it, it's basically one of the theories is um, uh, a lot of different theories around around the world. But uh, sometimes it's uh, what one of the people I used to talk to said they think it's caused by a, a metabolism that kind of gets out of hand and you burn fat too quick and then uh, you get going too crazy and the uh, next thing you know your uh, your fat just catches fire and you burn up
0: it's very possible another theory that i heard was masturbation can play a part in it if you uh don't lose use enough lubrication you can the friction can cause uh, flames i don't know if that's true if anybody has had a wank out there and you know started to sizzle let us know oh, oh
5: boy I, I better be careful then because i don't even use lube
0: Okay, what's your, what's your next point?
5: Okay, my next point is this. Um, I have uh, a series of, of mysterious uh, coincidences that, uh, that I've been a part of. Um, it all started when I was uh, a young lad, probably, uh, we'll say 14, 15. I, uh, I had a school teacher who suffered from spontaneous human combustion. It was the craziest damn thing because she had just given me a failing grade on a project that I put off to the last minute. And my dad kept giving me shit and saying, Hey, boy, you going to do that homework? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll turn it in. So I turned it in and I got an F. The well, next thing you know, she went home. And her house burnt down with her in it. And the cause was spontaneous human combustion. She caught fire and the house went up with her. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
0: No explanation whatsoever?
5: No, no explanation. No investigation. It was all swept under the rug. Cause there wasn't much left of it, so...
0: That's, that, that's crazy.
5: Yeah, that's what I thought. And then, uh, well, I'd, I'd say probably, uh I was, I was an adult fella, it happened to me again, about 12 years later. I was in my uh, mid, mid-late 20s. And I'd uh, met this broad, knocked her up. We had a couple of kids. And, uh, well, next thing I know, she doesn't want to be with me anymore. So she kicks my ass out. And we get divorced. And, uh, well, make a long story a little bit longer she uh she gets everything in the divorce she gets the house she got the kids she got my car everything and uh oh, damn this thing! one day the kids was visiting me visitation on the weekends next thing you know they went to bed and i got a phone call and uh yeah spontaneous human combustion she she went up in flames and the house went up with it and the car
0: oh my god
5: Crazy, crazy, yeah. Unexplained phenomena.
0: That's that's unbelievable. You've known two people that have burst into flames and there's been no explanation.
5: Oh technically three. Let me tell you about the last one. Oh, Jesus. I was working this job, and I'd been there, you know, 10, 15 years, put a lot of time and hard work in there. I worked for this fella. And then he got uh, laid off, and we brought in another fella, some young hotshot. Thought he was going to make some serious waves. He didn't like my uh, my work ethic too much, so he said, "Okay, buddy, we need to cut the fat," and he uh, let me go, fired my ass. Well, crazy thing for him. About uh, two days later, the fire department had to show up to his house because he suffered from spontaneous human combustion. His damn house burnt down. Crazy.
0: I'm sorry, you you know three people that have burned spontaneously, no explanation whatsoever, and they all knew you.
5: That's right, yeah. I, I, I must be like that, uh, what, what's his name, that Yuri Geller or something, like uh, some kind of psychic, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, I might have that uh, that sixth sense at ESPN.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. definitely some kind of psycho, yeah. Uh, okay, so Seth, uh, I'm starting to see a pattern here. It's, it's quite unnerving, but uh, I've got a question for you, okay, and just just answer me straight. Sure, lay on me. Do you like fire?
5: Oh, yes. There's, you know, I like a nice big bonfire. You get the gasoline, you dump a couple of quarts on there. You like that some bitch up? Throw some weenies and marshmallows. I just like the way it dances and the nice light there. And uh, sometimes it talks to me and it says, hey, look at me. And it tells me to do things. That's normal.
0: Okay, uh, thank you very much, uh, Seth. Uh, okay, so we, we've let Seth go there now. Um, Jamie. Call police. please. Uh, anyway, we do have uh, one more email before we go to a commercial break. Uh, this email is from a, a, a budding poet named Keith Flint, okay? And he titles this one simply Firestarter. I'm the trouble starter, punkin' instigator. I'm the fear addicted, a danger illustrated. I'm a firestarter, twisted firestarter. You're a firestarter, A twisted fire starter. I'm the bitch you hated. Filth infatuated. Yeah, I'm the pain you tasted. Fell intoxicated. I'm a fire starter. Twisted fire starter. You're the fire starter. Twisted fire starter. I'm the self-inflicted mind detonator. Yeah, I'm the one infected Twisted animator. I'm the fire starter. Twisted fire starter. And he ends it simply with Elroy, you are a cock. Uh, okay, right, that's enough. Go through to the break, please. Thank you. Hey, Ronnie, how's it going?
6: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, excellent. Excellent. Good. See, it's always it's always exciting when we have a guest on, and the quality of the call is really good. And right now, the the quality of your call, if your connection is great, so.
6: <laughs> oh, that makes me happy because I have some bad quality calls sometimes.
0: Yeah, we, we do too all the time.
6: <laughs> oh, no. You're coming through crystal clear, man. Well, I needed a point to be home, and I'm sitting like 20 feet from my router. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Yeah, that's the that's yes. best place to be.
6: Yeah, it can't be much worse than this, or it can't be much better than this. Is what I meant to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you are talking to to me, Gavin. Obviously, we've got uh, Todd, uh, who's the old voice you can hear there, and we also have Craig, who j- normally, generally, is miserable, um, and he's ex- he's extra <laughs> miserable today because he's got a toothache. So, Craig, do you want to just say hey to Ronnie? Hey, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. So, the, the big the big thing that intrigues me about you is is that you want to do. You're obviously a comedian. But you've like you've given yourself this challenge to be on three hundred and sixty five podcasts in a year, is that right
6: yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a crazy challenge, and I don't know why I did it yeah I, I, <laughs> like
0: this okay my my point of view right is that I think at some point, if you're not already and hopefully you're not because you're on ours currently. Um, you are going to get really fucking bored of doing these podcasts, and the reason why I say, I say that is because I've been on a few myself as well. Like you know, w- when you start a podcast, you get to know other podcasts and you make friends with people, and and then they ask you to go on their podcast and you know to kind of like self, you know, kind of promote each other. And mm-hmm. um, I've been on a few myself, and you you feel because our, our podcast is a comedy podcast, you feel the pressure to have to be funny, as, more so on somebody else's than when you're on your own because you feel like you're, you're trying to sell your podcast to whoever's listening to their podcast and it just becomes a headache. And because you're a comedian, I just feel like at some point you're going to, it's going to drive you crazy.
6: <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that happening. I'm not there yet, but almost <laughs>
0: like, you know, like the, the anecdotes and, and you know, some of the jokes that you're going to tell, obviously you're going to, you're going to tell the same ones over. And I think that might get yeah. a bit much. So, I'm, so I'm, I've listened to a few and my, my goal is to listen to as many as I can. Cause I want to see, I want to see how this goes. Like I'm following you on Twitter. And then, of course, listening to the podcast you've been on, and continuing to do so. I just want to see at what point you may crack. <laughs>
6: <laughs> should we oh, maybe, maybe I'll put point. that in my documentary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Today's
4: the day.
6: Like, well, <laughs>
0: like so, something else, I, I thought of that. Like when you've done, when you've achieved this, if you if you do achieve it, I think you should pick like a top five recommended podcast for people to check out. I think mean, that's a good idea. Maybe maybe more than top, a top five, because there's a lot in 360, obviously. But, you know, yeah. that, that would be cool.
6: Yeah, I've been thinking about that already, and I could tell which ones I like doing and which ones that I hated doing. Uh, so.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, geez. So, like, how are you going to – like, are you doing, like, multiple podcasts a day?
6: Some of them. Yeah, because I was thinking, if I do this – uh there's date like christmas or thanksgiving or whatever people are not recording on those days so i have to do some two and three a day wow And I also i also got to step it up because i'm only at like 15 right now
4: oh
0: yeah <laughs> you've you've got to catch up a little bit definitely yeah
6: but i imagine that i'd be doing two and three a day some days so yeah, <sighs> yeah that's not too bad yeah
0: well hopefully you enjoy talking to us anyway We're, but we basically just shoot the shit and joke around and on our last episode For- we've actually just started doing a little bit of improvisation ourselves um, a little bit of improv and, and uh, it seems to have gone down well with our listeners anyway. So um, we're not doing any right now or anything like that. We're just, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just something that we're working on because, you know, both myself and Todd, you know, we've done comedy and stuff in school and college and things like that. And it's something we really enjoy. So that's the plan anyway.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good plan.
0: So, so where did you like, obviously you started with like doing improv and stuff. Like when, when was that? Was that back in school?
6: Uh, no, I was late to the whole thing. I, um, so I just was like, I'm going to go about like the regular life. I grew up, my father owns a restaurant and I was working at a grocery store and I was trying to like, just like make that happen. Uh, and like go through the ranks of being a stock clerk and then being an assistant manager and then being a manager. And then one day I just got like, I broke and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I took an improv class and (laughs) out of no like everyone is shocked when they find out that i do comedy because i was so shy growing up Uh, i went to a school for nine years i went to a school that only had 20 kids wow yeah so and i was like the shy kid of the 20 kids so now that i like perform for a living it's shocking and crazy to people
0: well it's quite daunting as well like i find i mean i I, i'm a singer so i've been on stage you know a lot but um the the thought of standing there with a microphone and literally with just you on the stage and you have to make people laugh that terrifies it really does terrify me and i obviously (laughs) i imagine it's something that you get used to doing but i mean was that nerve-wracking for you when you first decided to to get up and do a little bit of stand-up
6: uh well i'm pretty new to stand-up actually in that uh Like improv, I could go on stage and I don't care because I just I know that the more you care about doing improv, the less good your improv is. And uh, so I've been writing jokes for years and I recently was like, oh, I got to start like telling these jokes on stage and see how they go. And so that's been a little bit different and weird for me. But I don't hate I think like I got into stand up in a good place in that i already know how to write jokes i already know how to perform so now it's just putting the two together yes. where uh when i first started doing improv though like any performative thing i was a nervous wreck like i my palms literally just got sweaty thinking about my first scenes so obviously like
0: getting up on stage for the, for the first time like how did did it go well or like was it well received the first time you went on if you can remember that
6: yeah, I do remember. Are we talking about the first time I did it in class or the first time I performed it in front of an audience?
0: Well, let's go with the class. So, the, 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 you know, the fair, because that would have been your very first time performing in front of anybody, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh,
6: the first time I ever performed. So, I decided that I was going to, I wanted to do radio and TV production. I just wanted to be a guy. Well, I wanted to do just radio production, but the school that I signed up for did radio and TV. And, um, the radio section of the class I loved, and then one day we had to go on TV, like local public access TV, and improvise as characters. And my friend and I had to play—I don't remember if I was which, if I was Trent Reznor or Marilyn Manson—but he was one, and I was the other. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so I was Reznor or Manson, he was the other one, and we just had to have a conversation on TV as these characters. And as soon as the lights go on, I got so nervous that I walked off stage. Oh, no. <laughs> no one remembers this. I've never seen footage of this, but I would really love to. Uh, but I literally walked off stage because I was so nervous. <laughs>
4: Well, that's oh the great God. thing
6: about improv, though. Like nobody knows what you're doing,
1: so you get up and walk off. They're like, "Oh, this is brilliant! Look at this!" <laughs> so I mean, that's that's the great thing about
6: improv. Like nobody's in on the joke except for the other guy that you're doing it with. So, well, <laughs> my biggest gaffe ever was uh, similar to what you're we're talking about right now, in that uh, I was doing an improv show, and this had been going on for three or four years. And one of the guys in our group told us ahead of time. He was like, "I won't be able to make it to the show." Uh, And if I do, I won't be there till late into the show. And I was like, cool. And so what I told the other teammates was, hey, when he does show up to the show, I'm going to stage a freak out. I'm going to just throw a tantrum and storm out of the theater. And so much (laughs) so that I had a camera person waiting in the hallway of the theater. So I flipped out. And then there was a camera person who was live streaming my freak out as I like walked out of the theater into the streets, and it was live streaming in the audience, <laughs> and nobody thought that was funny at all except <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be hilarious. Yeah. So uh, the whole audience is sitting there in silence, watching me have this panic attack, freak out, meltdown, and when I got back <laughs> in the theater, it was the quietest I've ever heard in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow! Yeah. So, so you perform in, with a will you perform with a group then or
4: not I used a...
6: to. We okay. don't perform anymore. They they both got off and went they both are T V actors now, so they're a little oh, busy. Nice.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So with the stand up then, so what when you did that, what was that like the first time you went out?
6: Oh man, the first time I did stand up was easy ish. Uh I, like, got suckered into doing a stand-up show where we talked about our most recent one-night stand. (laughs) So, I went on stage and talked about that in front of everyone. And no one knew that it was someone who was sitting in the audience. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) It was another comedian that I had a one-night stand with. And I was like, oh, no. Well, this is stupid on my end. (laughs) So, well, so have you
0: had any really bad, bad audiences where it just didn't your jokes just went landing?
6: Uh, actually, yeah, those shows are when it's only other performers in the audience.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's just like competition, then, isn't it?
6: Yeah. Well, the show that I, so the opposite answer. So, the best audience I ever had was it was a last minute show. The theater was like, hey, do you guys want to do a show? Uh, at like six o'clock on a Tuesday, which is not a great time slot. And we're like, yeah, sure. And when we threw together a last minute show and the whole audience was 80 people and it was 40 senior citizens <laughs> and 40 Austrian high school kids.
0: Oh my
4: God.
6: <laughs> it was separate groups of humans that just like con- like two groups came together. Uh, and we were like, how do we perform the show? So we it was an improv show. So we started, we're like, uh, we walked out and we're like, we clearly don't know how to perform for you all because you are two polar opposite audiences. <laughs> and so we just asked up front, like, what do you like? And the Austrian high school kids were like, we like Tupac and the Simpsons, I remember very specifically. <laughs> and we're like, all right, great. And uh, senior citizens were just like, whatever you want to do. So we did a two hour show on Tupac and the Simpsons. nice yeah and so for that I was just like oh we gave the audience exactly what they wanted
0: and I think my
6: yeah I think my worst shows are just I don't know like I also have really bad depression and anxiety so the bad shows are the ones where I let that get to me ahead of time
0: yeah yeah I imagine that would have an impact I just can't I can't I just I think about doing stand up and it just it freaks me out I just think if I had one bad show I, I couldn't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it again. I'd be like that put me off for life.
6: Have you guys uh, done stand up before?
0: No, never because it's oh, really you've done stand up Todd.
1: Yeah, I did. I did stand up in college um and also I performed with a a comedy troupe and I gave up stand up because it was going along great and I had one show where I bombed and I haven't performed stand up since and it was 20 I was 22 years old and I'm 45 now so um but it it was, it was a bad setup. Like I had done stand up a lot of times before and the audience loved me because I just stick with like impressions and do different random things. But then uh, I got a phone call from one of my buddies. He's like, Hey, we got this last minute show. You want to come do it? I'm like, sure. And I want to do some new material. So I thought, okay, it's a college campus. What do people in college, like all kind of get together and not like, and I thought, Oh, the Greek life, people don't like sororities and fraternities. So I wrote all these jokes about sorority and fraternity people go to the show and I come out on the stage and I start telling all these sorority jokes and nobody's laughing and it's like bright lights right in my face and I can't really see. So finally I kind of shield the lights. I look down there's this girl sitting in the front row and she's got a sweater on with letters on it. And I say, Oh, I'm, are you in a sorority, hun And she goes, we're on a sorority, you dumbass. This is a sorority benefit. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, so then I was like, well, I guess you just want me to get off the stage. And then they all cheered. And then I got mad. So (laughs) So then I'm like, Okay, well, I'll leave, but before I leave, I'm going to tell you one joke. I said, hey, honey, do you know what sorority girls and tampons have in common? She said, no, what? And I said, you're both stuck-up cunts. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> and I run off the stage because at that point, there was like a 100 pissed-off girls that was storming the stage. And I immediately <laughs> like ran out, ran off the stage door, shut it. And the guy that was going up next, he's like, thanks, bud. I always love performing in front of an angry mob. And I'm like, I'm hold him up for you. <laughs> So yeah. he, he played it off really well, though. He came out, and his first joke was, "Hey, I might suck, but at least I'm not that last asshole." And they all cheered. And <laughs> after that,
0: he got them. Then, then he could have said it.
1: anything, and they <laughs> loved him. So I was like, oh, "I can't, I can't fault you, Pat. <laughs> I would have said the same thing." So that's. Like... <laughs> well, it's like it's yeah, a... that just totally Wait. destroyed my confidence, and I never, I did, pr- I did perform with the comedy troupe, app, but I never, I would never do stand-up after that because, in a troupe, if the sketch fails, you can blame other people and say, "Well." It yeah, exactly. sucked, you know. But if if you fail and you bomb, then you just gotta look in the mirror and go, "Man, you're not funny. You suck." <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, I had to come to terms with that. And but uh, yeah, I've never performed stand-up since. But
0: and it's it's yeah. frustrating as well because you guys, like you know, especially Ronnie, you know, like you you're starting out and you know you you, you didn't have any form of celebrity before you started doing it. So it's like you don't have that to fall back on. Whereas like people like you know Ricky Gervais and and people like who started out with a comedy show and then decided to start doing comedy, he already had a fan base. So he could he could have got up on stage and said anything. Um, the the crowd who've paid a lot of money to go and see specifically him are going to laugh anyway. So it, it wouldn't be nervous nerve wracking for somebody like him. But when it when it's like you know you go down to a comedy club and it's all kinds of different comedians and they're all starting out, that's when it would be the most nerve wracking.
6: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, for me personally, uh, I have a weird thing that happened for me because I have a big Twitter following, but none of those people go to my stand-up shows, which actually is a blessing because I think I don't feel nervous because of it. I feel like I don't have to, like, live up to any expectation of, like – I think, like, for instance, the thing that it broke down is what I'm popular for on Twitter Is I write a lot of like one-line dad jokes, but I don't really tell those in real life a whole lot. So like they're two separate personas, but I don't have to live up to this like expectation of being like the dad joke comedian.
0: Yeah. So well, that was another one of my questions was, you know, that because you are really funny on Twitter. So one of Thank my questions you. was do you take, you know, that material from, like from Twitter and use it in your stand up but you say you don't. And I think that's a good thing as well because if if there was people that, you know, follow you on Twitter that they go to the show, the last thing you'd want is I'm going, yeah, he told that on Twitter 2 weeks ago.
6: You know, yeah, that'd be the well, that's the worst <laughs> thing. Well, I'll admit this out loud right now is I started a section the last 3 or 4 minutes of all my stand-up sets now is a section called tweet it or delete it. And so I say, these are things that are my Twitter drafts. And then I tell the joke. And then I say, do you want me to tweet that or delete that? And (laughs) the audience (laughs) gets really engaged and fired up. And like it's always half of them love the joke and half of them hate the joke. But the secret is, I've already tweeted all of these things. (laughs) (laughs) So they
1: think they're like, giving you feedback like i told that guy not to put that joke on there and yeah i'm
6: I'm (laughs) shaping his career and then all of a sudden they pick up the twitter and are like what the (laughs) it's already (laughs) out there well there was a show uh that i did about a week ago it was last this past sunday so almost a week ago and i something tested well on twitter it got like three or four hundred likes so i was like oh people like this joke i told it and the audience hated it and afterwards a guy walked up to me and was like you should tweet that and i was like oh i will don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't know that i had done it two weeks ago
0: La- larry david who's like you know obviously famous for seinfeld and kirby enthusiasm he started out as a comedian and mm-hmm. it, it, he says that like there was one time i think it was jerry seinfeld that told the joke or told this this uh, little anecdote there was one time where he went out on larry went out on stage and he just took one look at the audience and he just looked at them and he summed them up straight away and he just went, no. And he just turned around and walked <laughs> off stage. He just didn't like the look of the audience. He was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, oh, man, it's
1: tricky. you got to know your audience because, again, you obviously, had I known I was going to go out in front of a bunch of sorority <laughs> girls, I wouldn't have attacked them personally by with yeah. a bunch of
4: sorority <laughs> jokes. But, uh, yeah, I probably would have done no.
1: something a little more party-goer and just try to, like, you know, make it more generalized that they could relate to, but yet not feel attacked by. So,
6: yeah, we live and we learn. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a short Larry David anecdote. If you want to hear that. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I used to work at a theater, uh, called the pit, the people's improv theater. It's what it's short for. And Larry David was filming a TV special there that was unrelated to the pit. And, uh, he was filming. So there's an underground space in the main stage and he was filming in the underground. And so, which is right next to where the office is. So we weren't allowed to use the office at all that day because uh, they didn't want us walking in and out. So we had to walk upstairs to the main area. And when Larry David walked in, my brain did this thing where I was like, Oh, I know Larry David personally because I've seen him so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so when he walked in, I said, hey, man, what's up? And he (laughs) looked at me like I was the biggest asshole in the entire world. Oh, no way. (laughs) And I'm not trying to shit talk him because what he looked at me and saw was, oh, this guy is a production assistant. So he handed me his coat. (laughs) Excellent. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Why else would I talk to this guy? Why else would he do that? It was just like, he looks at me, I'm a production assistant. And well, that, little does he know I was unrelated to that shoot entirely. Well, that's good <laughs> though that he handed
0: his coat because at least he didn't think you were this crazy guy because obviously yeah. he was comfortable enough to hand over his, you know, his coat. So that's something. But um, did, well, you, I, did you speak to him other than that or was that the only time you spoke?
6: That was it. We were told not to talk to him at all unless he approached you which is the general rule for all celebrity encounters. Yeah.
0: I'm such a big fan of his. That would that would have been amazing. I don't think I would have been able to have not try to speak to him more than that. He's such a legend. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I get really I don't get starstruck often, but I did get starstruck then.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's probably one of the people I would be like that around as well. Very oh, yeah, nervous. Cuz he's
6: just such a brilliant writer too. I mean, he's written
1: some of the greatest like yeah. you know, stuff in television, so a lot of stuff he does behind the scenes that people don't even know that he helped create and write like he's done work on Saturday Night Live things like that too where you know he's written some stuff and some sketches and um, so yeah he's got such a as a writer he's brilliant then when he's in front of the camera he's absolutely hilarious because there's that kind of you know disconnect because you don't expect to see a guy like that you know go (laughs) on a rant and then when he does it just adds to the hilarity of it Yeah,
6: (laughs) I read this story the other day about him he quit Saturday Night Live because they like cut one of his sketches. He had a tantrum, stormed out, quit on Saturday night, and then on Monday morning for their pitch meeting, just walked in like nothing happened. That that's true. He, he did he did do that because you see the
0: the, the good thing about awesome. the good thing about Seinfeld is a lot of the a lot of the like the show ideas on on Seinfeld are based on what Larry did. Like Larry's Larry is well George Costanza on Seinfeld is based on Larry yeah. David. And, and there's an episode where George quits his he rage quits his job and leaves. And then he's like, he <laughs> regrets it instantly. And he's like, I'm just going to go back in and act like I didn't, get, I didn't quit. And he goes back <laughs> in like a week later and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, "Oh, I've come to work. And he's like, you quit? And he's like, oh, you believed me? I was just joking around. And it's because it's Larry did in real life.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I wish I could do this. I don't have the courage to do that.
0: No. Oh, man. He's, he's one of a kind.
6: Well, I haven't talked about this at all, and I got, so my day job outside of comedy, the way I make most of my money is doing lighting for theater. Okay. Uh, And I got hired for a lighting job in the beginning of December, and on my first day there, it was miserable, and I just stopped showing up, but they keep emailing me of like, hey, do you want to come back? We don't mind if you come back. (laughs) I haven't responded to any of the emails.
0: Next, they're going to be like, please, please come back. Can you please
6: come back? We want you to come back. Oh, that's what it feels like. And they've they done nothing wrong. I'm the asshole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least you can admit it, though.
6: Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious, though.
0: Yeah. So oh, on, well. on one of the other podcasts I heard you talking about, um, you did a parody of uh, Back to the Future, and I'm very intrigued about that because I'm a massive Back to the Future fan so oh yeah that um, was fun what was that Uh, all about after because you didn't go into detail on the other podcast and i really want you to now
6: (laughs) yeah oh i'll tell the whole story um (laughs) so i lived next door to my two best friends and i lived about five miles away from uh the theater that we worked at so if we're breaking that down, I think that's 6.25 or 6.15 kilometers if we want to use metric system. <laughs> uh, and so my shift ended around 12 midnight, around like 1 a.m. ish, depending on what the show was. Their shift ended at like 4 a.m. They were bartenders and I was just the front of house manager. So I would check tickets and all this good stuff. And then they would just sell drinks all night and generally, I went home separate. So I'd go home at like 1 a.m. And they'd go home at 4 a.m. Uh, one day, I got really, really drunk. And they said, why don't you go sleep on a couch? We had, there was couches backstage. They're like, why don't you go sleep on a couch? And we'll drive you home, and drop you off later. And I was like, cool, thank you. <laughs> uh, the next day, uh, one of them texts me. And they're like, hey, did you mean what you said last night? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> what did I say last night? And actually what I said was I wanted to write a Jurassic Park musical, which in hindsight think is a brilliant idea still. <laughs> and they're like, well, there's a Jurassic Park musical actually coming out, but do you want to work on something else together? And I immediately responded, back to the future. Because <laughs> I was like, Back to the Future as a musical would blow anyone's mind, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, the three of us went out the next day. We went out to get ice cream at Carvel. I don't know. Is that a thing outside of America, Carvel ice cream?
0: I've heard of it, but uh, not in Canada.
6: It's just like a regular ice cream shop. There's nothing like special about it other than it's delicious. But uh, we went to Carvel. We got ice cream. And what we decided in that day that we were going to do six of these, we only ended up doing five, but we were going to do six where we were going to write and stage a musical all in a month. So we were going to write six musicals in six months and stage them all in six months. Uh, so, and the, the catch was they had to be parodies of movies that should not be musicals. Ah, and so, so we ended up doing Back to the Future, then we did uh, Steel Magnolias next, which <laughs> was not what I thought we should ever do. But in hindsight, was one of our like best shows. Uh, and after that, we did Ghostbusters, and then we nice. did Hunger Games, and then we did uh, what was the last one? It was Nightmare on Elm Street. Was our fifth one. Wow. And we didn't do the sixth one. So for. The two most successful out of those five, though, were our Back to the Future and our uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And our Back to the Future was just, we took the script, we rewrote it, and added songs to it. And we added dumb, like, um, millennial (laughs) jokes into the whole show. And then (laughs) that did really well for about four or five, six months. Um, I lost track. And then, so... uh, that we are like, you know what, the rule is we have to do one a month, so we can't even really, like, spend too much time on this. And then afterwards, uh, I don't – I think it was the 20- or 30-year anniversary. I lost track. When did that movie come out? 1985. So it had to have been the 30-year anniversary. So, uh, no, it was the 30-year of what the date was that they traveled to. Oh, okay. Uh, So – like December 20 something, December of something, 2015 was the last show that we did in New York. And I was like, Oh cool. I feel happy with what we did with that show. And then I assumed that we were just going to let it go away forever. And no one was ever going to talk to us again. About a year or two later, my two best friends, the guys that wrote the show moved to Los Angeles. And I, so I was the producer. They were the writers. Uh, and they moved to los angeles and they just sent me a text like hey just to let you know we sold this show and it's now running at the brisbane arts theater in brisbane australia wow
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's incredible and I, was
6: like, I was like oh i've never been to australia i would love to go but i was simultaneously separately of this i was stage managing another musical parody that we didn't write but uh for two famous writers wrote a Game of Thrones parody musical and I was (laughs) stage managing that. And I was on a national tour for that while our show was running in Australia. So I was like, I can't even go, but I want to.
0: Oh, that would have been amazing.
6: Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I had seen it a whole bunch in New York, but when we sold it and it went to Australia, there was new actors, new writers. They changed a whole bunch of stuff. It looks really cool, but I have no idea what the Australian production looks like.
0: How amazing, though. Like, that, that's, that's such an accomplishment. You must, you must be really proud that it, that it went that far.
6: Well, the thing, yeah, I am, but I, I don't ever, like, take time to, like, acknowledge that. And that, like, I was like, oh, I had this drunken, stupid idea. We saw it through to the finish line. It did really well. The audience loved it. And then I'm just like, oh, man, what do I do next? My brain is always, what do I do next? And I don't know if that's the right thing to be doing.
0: Yeah, I get you. I just, yeah, I, it just blows me away. I mean, that's just amazing. You just start, it's just something you start out with just, you, but essentially, it was a, a drunken thought, wasn't it?
4: And you yeah, end it up in drunk.
0: Australia. That's, in, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah,
1: almost like a joke, like a like a dare, like, hey, let, I wonder if we could do this. Yeah, let's, let's do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, here's the fist. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like, you know, that's that's amazing that you can be that creative and just, you know, because again, you, you're taking something that's already a thing and, and putting your own, creative spin on it and putting songs into it. I mean, mm-hmm. so you got to be able to write music, write lyrics and then make it actually like seem like it fits with the part of the, you know, your show that you're doing. So that, that must be really hard to do and nerve wracking. I would imagine.
6: Yeah, it wasn't easy at all. And <laughs> I can't take all of the, cre- I could take like 20% of the credit, but they take like 80% because they like took this dumb idea that I had and like saw it through So uh, there are a couple, and they wrote and produced. uh, They wrote and like directed most of it. I was there to be like, hey, let's try this instead. But I only take a little bit of credit for that. (laughs) Still, you're a part of it, though. I mean, it it was your idea. Was you know, you're
1: a part, and you had the uh, you know, the creative influence on it. So that's that's awesome, though.
0: You drank the alcohol that led to the the idea, so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was like maybe
1: i should drink more often exactly <laughs> what, kind of al- what kind of alcohol are you drinking just so i know in case i get a, like a writer's block I can't.
6: oh at that point my most of my life i've been really obsessed with whiskey bourbon mostly so oh nice a particular brand maybe uh i always like basil hayden is my go-to so oh, okay you, you heard it here first basil hayden <laughs> oh
1: that's a, that's a, that up uh, after people listen to this, they're going to go out and buy, the, buy that,
6: drink it, and then try to see if they can
1: do something creative with their life. It's going to be amazing.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact about Basil Hayden was that uh, that was James Bond's original drink in the book before they changed to gin. Ah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I did not know that, yeah. Most people, though, Basil Hayden huh. isn't terribly popular.
1: Yeah, I've, like, heard of it, but I've never had any. Like, usually when I drink bourbon, it's, like, Jack Daniels or Jim Beam or, yeah, you know, some, something cheap that does the trick.
6: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, on that same note is I started drinking wine. Wine's my go-to now because it's cheaper. It's a little weaker, so I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic because of wine. <laughs> right. Well, winos are sophisticated, you know. You're not an
1: alcoholic. You're
6: just sophisticated. Exactly. Even though this <laughs> bottle that I'm drinking now only costs $9. So I don't know how crazy hey, that really is. At, at least nice. you're still in a bottle. You're not in a box
1: yet. So once exactly. you start drinking wine from a box, that that's when it's a, a problem. You
6: know? That's my grandma. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> allowed to do that, though. She's lived you know. a life. She, she's allowed to drink a box. Hey, Franzi is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it can be if it's chilled right. <laughs> I haven't pulled this off but I want to do an improv scene so there's like a lot of tropes in improv scenes where people like are like baristas or waiters or whatever and I want to do a scene so there's a lot of scenes where someone just like walks in, pours wine and walks out and the audience always laughs and I want to be the guy who walks in, pours wine but out of a box of wine and then walks out (laughs) That would be awesome especially if
1: it's like a really you know hoi polloi restaurant and it's Really like you know a bunch of sophisticated people, and you bring out box wine and just kind of pour it in there and walk out. I think that would be a <laughs> yeah,
6: that would be a great great laugh. Yeah,
0: I hope so. Fingers
6: crossed on that one.
0: <laughs> right, so <laughs> I, I, I would laugh. We're at the point in the show now where we need to get Craig talking because he's only said hi, Ron, so far. So we need to get him talking a little bit more. So in order to do that, we need to take the class out of the podcast completely, uh, which is a shame because we just added some by talking about wine but we're going to take it out now. And I was wondering, because this is one thing that Craig's got in common with you, Ronnie, is that you have both, at some point in your life, shit yourselves. So I was wondering if you could, I was wondering if you could just tell that anecdote again, because it was hilarious. And then I'm going to get Craig to talk about the time. He defecated as well.
6: If you don't uh, mind. Yeah, I'll talk about it. Uh, I, so I'm from New York. I moved to Los Angeles for a year. And the dumbest thing that I ever did was that I took the train to Los Angeles instead of flying to L.A., which takes five <laughs> days instead of six hours. <laughs> it's a hell of a train ride. Well, yeah. What I thought was, oh, this is going to be beautiful and, like, romantic and this <laughs> perfect thing, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was the worst thing that I've ever done. Uh, and very quickly I realized that like within day two, I was like, I hate this. Um, (laughs) so I get to LA in less than a week of being in LA, I get a disease called Bell's palsy, which means that my face froze. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Half of my face was paralyzed for the first two months that I lived in Los Angeles. Oh wow. Uh, I think it's very funny in hindsight in the moment it was terrible, but in hindsight it was very funny. Uh, Because the one thing that I don't talk about a whole lot is my day-to-day life. So I do a lot of online dating. And I went on one date and my face was frozen. And I just kept on saying, I'm sorry I'm like this. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) And your date's probably like, what kind of site did this guy come from? Jesus. (laughs) She's
6: like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I don't like it. (laughs) All right, where's the cameras? Is this a joke? <laughs> so the medicine they give you for Bell's palsy, there's a steroid, and the gross part of Bell's palsy, it's not even gross, it just sounds gross, is that it's herpes. It's So when you get chicken pox, it's a form of herpes, and Bell's palsy is a non-sexually transmitted form of herpes. Oh, wow, I and didn't know that. So, wow. The medicine for Bell's Balls, uh, so it's triggered by... So when you got chicken pox as a little kid, it stays in your body forever. You still have it. It's still in your body. And then right. me moving to Los Angeles and also me taking a train there uh, caused stress that triggered this. So that's why that's happened. Oh, okay. And so the medication to get rid of it are an anti-herpes medicine and a steroid to like strengthen your face back up. <laughs> And what the, what this did was caused my body to like just not know who it was anymore. And so <laughs> I was I was staying up all night and then sleeping all day. so I'd stay up to like four or five in the morning, but like wired, uh, I want to like run laps around the city of Los Angeles. Uh, and I didn't know why. I was like, "What is going on?" And then I'd fall asleep from, like, 5 a.m. to, like, I don't know, like, 6 p.m. And I was just like, what is going on? And then I'd wake up. But what this did was threw my body, my, like, bowel system out of whack. And I wasn't pooping regular, which I take great pride in that I poop on a schedule. (laughs) Still to this day, for like the past like 10, 15 years, like around 8 or 9 a.m., know that I'm going to poop. And then uh, that medicine made me not poop regular anymore. And so the day that I shit myself in Los Angeles was (laughs) uh, I walked to the store. I was like, oh, I have to start like forcing myself to eat breakfast. I got to start just like getting back to my routine. Maybe that'll fix this thing that's going on with my body. Walked to the store, and there was a box of Lucky Charms on sale. And it was a 16-ounce box for like a $1.99, if I remember correctly, which is a lot of Lucky Charms. And I don't even eat sugar cereal normally. And so I ate the whole box in one sitting. Jesus. <laughs> and nothing happened. And I was like, cool. And then my roommate was like, hey, let's go get a burrito. And there was a burrito place on the street called Sancho's Tacos. And Sancho's makes the best burritos that they had in Los Angeles. Uh, And nothing happened. And I was like, cool. Uh, We go back home and it's around like three or four in the afternoon. And I was like, okay, so I was like pretty new to Los Angeles. I was like, I'm going to go walk around, figure out like what's different about like L.A. and New York. Mm -hmm. And also like side note you don't walk around LA ever. You have to drive anywhere you go to. So don't ever walk around Los Angeles, (laughs) Uh, walking around, walking around. I was probably like 15 minutes away from my house. And I was like, Oh my God, I felt fine. And now I have to shit my pants. That was 15 minutes in 16, 17 minutes. in. I was like, I need to get home now. 18 minutes in. I shit my pants. (laughs) Uh, And it was, I was wearing shorts. And the (laughs) thing about wearing shorts, it just shot down, all down my leg. It looked like I went mud wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) But it looked like I only, it was only the bottom half of me, because the top half of me, very clean. (laughs) Bottom half of me, mud wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. When that happened, I was, like, a block away. So I lived two blocks from, like, this busy neighborhood. So I was three blocks away from home. So I was almost to, like, the busy neighborhood. But I was in a quiet neighborhood when it happened. And so I remember thinking, I have to, like, dodge in and out of cars so that they think that, like, no one sees me. My whole goal was, like, no one to see me. So I was, like, weaving in and out of traffic. <laughs> And then I get home, and uh no one no one saw me, or if they did, they didn't say anything on the street, but I looked like I just like jumped in a puddle of mud. but what I wasn't <laughs> waiting uh thinking about was my roommate was taking a shower because he was getting ready for work, and as soon as I walked in the house, it just smelled like I shit everywhere <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if this is true or not. I have no way to confirm this, but he says the smell was so bad that when I walked in the house that he threw up in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it became a group activity. That's nice. Yeah. So before I walked in the house, I took all my clothes off and, like, uh, walked them down the alley and threw them into this dumpster down the street. So in hindsight... (laughs) I feel like I looked like I murdered someone, walked in my house, <laughs> and my roommate could smell that I murdered someone, and it was like, okay, I can't deal with this. And he threw up in the shower. And he's a hypochondriac, So the smell of my shit, swear to God, made him sick to his stomach for like two days. And of course, the, the
0: awkward thing is as well, he was in the shower. So did you just have to sit there and wait for him to finish so you could go and get yeah. a shower?
6: <laughs> I was hoping that when I got home that he wasn't even there. that like he had gone for work already, but he was still
0: there. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Craig has also shit himself once in his life. Craig, are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what happened when you defecated?
3: Bring up old shit.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we... <laughs> It's funny, it's a funny story, so well, unless you got some
1: new <laughs> shit, you
0: know.
3: <laughs> oh okay, um basically I had sickness and diarrhoea. I caught it from the hospital.
0: You caught it from the hospital, okay. It's like
3: a it's a common kind of thing that goes around the hospital now and again, sickness and diarrhea. There's actually a name for it. C diff. What it is. C diff.
0: C diff. Yeah, that's it, yeah.
3: Okay. Uh I somehow caught it. Um Halfway through the night, I end up feeling like shit, um, getting headaches and start feeling sick. And uh, I was basically felt like crap all day. I was off work, obviously, and uh, I was like half asleep. And then I let I let rip a fart, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly it's like you know it, it came out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the boxes, went through to me PJ bottoms. And I had to actually <laughs> force myself to get out of bed to take them off.
6: Ah! Oh. So that, you shit the bed, basically. Literally shit the bed.
3: Well, I was on my side. I was actually on my side when it, when it happened, so I, think I might have prevented it from leaking through to my sheets.
6: <laughs> so you it the- did not get on your sheets. Oh.
3: No, I managed to not get it on the sheets.
6: Oh, my God. I had to, God. like,
3: roll out of bed on my
0: side so it wouldn't slip around. So what, what you're saying is you shit yourself in bed and never change the covers. That's what you're telling us.
3: <laughs> it was clean. I didn't touch them.
0: <laughs> I'd have to change them anyway. I'd have to burn them.
3: <laughs> Man. Weird, like, because I actually felt it. it was just weird. <laughs> What? Myself, can you
6: describe the smell?
3: I, could, I didn't smell it.
6: You didn't smell it? I, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't
3: smell really it?
6: smell
1: my own shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, Why? I worked in a nursing home before and I can tell you if people had C-diff and they'd blow their fucking room up with their shit it, you could smell it like down the hallway, dude. <laughs>
3: Maybe it was only a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, went straight, they went straight in the bin. Oh, no, thank you.
0: <laughs> right, on that note, we are going to wrap up the show. So before we go, uh, Ronnie, is there, can you give us, where is it easier for people easiest for people to find you on social media?
6: Oh, definitely on Twitter. That's where I spend most of my time. I'm really bad at Instagram, and I'm terrible at TikTok, so don't try to find me on TikTok.
0: <laughs> I downloaded TikTok. I don't, and I don't even understand TikTok. I downloaded so. it once, and it—I I couldn't make any sense of it. I, I did one thing, and then I got rid of it. It was boring. <laughs> I couldn't make my any brother
6: sense. is a TikTok influencer, and I tried. I was like, you know what? I'll try this, and I realized quickly I'm too old for it. That's the thing. Yeah, it's my, like it's, it's for a certain
0: generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And she's twelve, so but she gets really into it, and I'm. She's like, Dad, look at this TikTok, <laughs> and I'm like. I don't even understand what the hell I'm watching.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Same with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you are on Twitter. So what's your Twitter handle?
6: Uh, Ronnie Pascal. It's R-O-N-N-Y-P-A-S-C-A-L-E.
0: And I will say as well that, you know, just to our listeners that following Ronnie is always a bag of laughs because you can follow people all you want, but, you know, sometimes they just, all they do is retweet stuff. Ronnie actually tells jokes and it's really, (laughs) it's really funny. So I do recommend everybody follow Ronnie. Um, on his page on Twitter and um, yeah I mean if I'm ever in New York I'd love to see you stand up live one day that'll be so much fun oh anytime
6: let me know whenever you're here I will take you out excellent just don't shit yourself (laughs) (laughs) I haven't well I shit myself I almost shit myself one other time so (laughs) (laughs) when you met Larry David like I can't believe this (laughs) 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 oh Larry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: okay thanks you for, thanks very much ronnie for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and uh, hopefully we aren't the worst podcast you've been on
6: no you have not thank you gavin Todd, Craig. <laughs> cheers buddy take awesome. care, take care
2: hello everybody this is rocker from rocker's modern life and you're listening to major's mess hall podcast
0: Well, he's a nice guy, isn't he?
1: Oh, he's amazing. I'm going to go follow him on Twitter now.
0: Yeah, he's he's a funny guy. Like, on his Twitter, he tells, like, uh, you know, like he says, like, dad jokes. So they're not, like, you know, you're not going to laugh, sit there and, like, laugh, you you know, laugh yourself off your seat. But they are really funny. Like, they do, they're quite witty and they make you laugh. Well, yeah, but, um, dad
1: jokes have a certain kind of niche to them. You know, you, you, I, I share a lot of dad memes because I can relate to them being a dad. So yes, a lot of things I look at, and, and that's my type of humor, so... If, and that he writes original content like that, then I'm definitely going to be interested in checking it out,
0: you know. Oh, yeah. like, And you'll appreciate him anyway with the whole improv thing. You'll just, you know, you'll, you've got that oh, in common yeah. with him anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad he came on. Personally, I think our podcast was the perfect uh, platform for him to come on and talk to us because, like I say, he's been on all kinds of podcasts and probably is going to continue to go on different kinds of podcasts that aren't really catered to what he does. But I just felt like, you know, I felt like he was oh, gonna yeah. be comfortable with us and I feel like he was. So that's a good thing. You know, he was and I'd love to have him on again sometime. I don't know, maybe maybe yeah, we we just cheating. had a
1: chat. It was like talking yeah. to like a friend, you know. I mean it was that's what I love about this podcast. It's like there's no pressure, it's no you know, oh, we gotta have like real professionalism. Even though it is a professional podcast, it's still at the same <clears> time it's like, you know, it just come on, be yourself. Tell some jokes, have a good time. Well, that's yeah. it. You know, the, the only
0: job. like the only prerequisite for coming on our show is that you're you're an interesting person, and that's it. You know, we just want to talk to interesting people. And you know, there's a friend of mine who is the best artist. Her name's Kim. She's the best artist. She's from the Netherlands, and uh, I want to bring her on the podcast. So maybe in the next episode, she's going to be joining us for an episode to have a chat with us. Her artwork is amazing and you know if we can do just a little bit uh, you know to help promote her work by you know sharing sure. her, sharing a page once is, she's been is on. she the
1: one that uh, drew the picture that you shared? was it on twitter or instagram yeah, or something yeah,
0: that... yeah that's her and it looks like a photograph yeah i can't, I can't amazing. get amazing there's some of the ones she's done in color and like and i've seen the original like the actual photograph that she's drawn like you know that she's mimicked and it just looks like just like the photograph it's incredible Jesus. I've people have
1: seen... that kind of talent it just blows my fucking mind because I'm artistic to a point but like even like with my brother he got all the art talent in the family like he can sit yeah. there and just freehand shit from memory
0: oh yeah your brother's have have amazing
1: just boom you know and I'm sitting yeah. there like how do you do that and he's like how do you not do that and I'm yeah, like yeah. Fuck, <clears throat> go fuck yourself
0: <laughs> yeah for our, for our listeners that don't know Todd's brother um, Travis is an amazing artist and he he did this one drawing of uh, of John Tunsworth as Mr. Lakey from Trailer Park Boys which uh, the boys actually shared as well. Like the, he, he sent in the original to the boys, and they showed it on SwearNet, and it's incredible. I mean, I actually have a print of it now on the wall downstairs in the basement because it's 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 just it's amazing. It's such a lovely photo as well of John. Uh, you know, he's obviously passed away now, and um, yeah, your brother's incredible. I'd love to have him on the show one day. So you should try and set that up. Bring him on.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, because he's a funny guy too. I mean, he's a little, he's got a little different sense of humor than mine. Yeah. But he's not quite as far out there He's a little more reserved But he's still hilarious
0: <laughs> And I'm sure he's got some uh, You know Stories about you He can tell us as well oh, that's, uh, that's always oh, I'm fun. I'm fucking sure Yeah you know But
1: the good thing is We can have him on He can he can air out my dirty laundry And like tell all kinds of Shit that I did when I was a kid And I'll fucking laugh it up I'll, I'll eat it up Because like Yeah it happened How about
0: <laughs> How about we have an episode Where we have our brothers on So I'll bring my brother on Todd can bring his okay. brother on And Craig Do you want to No <laughs> Why, Craig?
1: Craig? Do you have a brother, Craig?
0: Sadly, I do. <laughs> is, it, is he is he inside or at the, is he in prison at the moment or is he?
3: Well, he's moved, honey, So I'm not clear where he lives, which I don't want to know. And um, Cri- doesn't get out.
0: Well, basically, he's a criminal, isn't
3: he? <laughs> basically. <yeah. laughs>
0: wow. He, he once um, he once stole you know like in school you have like the TV on the on the like the TV stand. I yeah. don't know if you if you had that where you are Todd, but like you know every classroom has it or a school every school has a TV you know back in the in the eighties and the nineties that's like on like wheels. Well, he, he yeah. with him and one of his friends stole the school TV and wheeled it up the street. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we loved the TV because every time it's, they wheeled the TV and we're like, "Hot damn, we're going to watch a movie or something." We're not going to have to actually do anything productive today. We love the TV in school.
0: Yeah, Craig's brother loved it so much he took it home with him. <laughs> <laughs> wow! What did your mum and dad say, Craig, when they noticed that there was a, another TV that's a property of Park High School on it? What the me I don't even know. I don't even recall it even happening. Didn't he steal all your stuff once, like your PlayStation and? a load of other stuff and selling uh, I don't know about
3: PlayStation we, we we used to have an SNES and an NES and they mysteriously vanished <laughs>
4: uh, and he's walking around in a new I pair of Seged,
3: shoes uh, the Sega Game Gear also uh, vanished as well he's uh, like he is so. I have mean, like a good stuff there good, like good retro stuff which I could have had today but no uh, we all just went
0: you, you hate him don't you Wow. You hate your brother, don't you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no love loss whatsoever. I,
1: I, I guess that's why I didn't know that Craig had a brother, because you don't really talk about him much. But
0: Yeah, if you've oh. seen a picture of him, he looks like Craig. A little bit like Craig. You can tell they're related, but he's he just looks like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think the picture I have of him is a mugshot. shot <laughs>
3: Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Uh, since he's moved out, he's changed, according to my mum and dad. Oh,
0: has he? He's gone straight now, has he?
3: He doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. You know, he's, where, he, where he lives, he's, you know, he likes it quiet and all. That. But still, to me, he's not going. He's still the same person to me.
0: The last time I seen him, he was he was stood in the middle of Clarton Village eating a kebab. And uh, I he was, was with you, were not I? I, I, th- I, think so. And he was running for the bus. And yeah, the bus, I was with you. The bus yeah, he must.
3: A, he went out in the middle of the road and everything. Yeah,
0: but... yeah. The, the, the bus must have seen him coming and, and thought, fuck that, I'm not letting him on." And the bus drove <laughs> off. And as the bus is driving away, Craig's brother's running after the bus, and then he just kicks the bus like as it's running. He kicks it and goes, <laughs> "Fucking prick!" Whilst he's like got a mouth full of fucking kebab. And I, it was just at that <laughs> moment, I thought to myself, like. Craig, if you ever, ever want an example of what not to be as you get older, it, that is the example. Don't fucking turn into that guy. Wow! I mean, just fucking hell! Wasn't it pretty sight? Everyone
3: else was just all normal going on the way, and you got some drunk <laughs> scum.
4: Yeah, some drunk scum with a Sega with a Sega bus.
0: game gear hanging out of his back pocket, <laughs> 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 and, a, and a school television remote control.
1: <laughs> but- Maybe he just got done playing some Sonic the Hedgehog and thought he could kick the bus and get some coins out of it. I don't <laughs>
0: know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, anyway. Holy shit. Let's wrap this up now. So, yeah, so anybody that wants to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Majors Mess Hall. We're on Instagram at Mess Hall Podcast. Um, find us on Facebook. We've now got, I don't even know how this has happened. And to anyone that's wondering, we have not paid for any of this. This is all legit. We've got over 13,000 followers on on uh, Facebook now, which is incredible. I mean, fucking
1: amazing. I love it.
0: Our goal is to try and get 20 before the end of the year, um, and hopefully we'll do. Although currently we are in Facebook jail uh, for 24 hours because I posted a photo today um, of uh, it was it was a funny Dolly Parton meme that's going around. And before you assume, no, it's not a topless picture of Dolly Parton so don't all go run to the computer now and um, but she's doing this thing where it's like four different photos from her career and it's like Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram and um, Tinder and I did one of John Dunsworth and for the Tinder picture I put a picture of him uh, from I think it's season 10 of Trailer Park Boys where he's got a, uh, a toilet roll on the end of his dick and um, I put that up as this, as the Tinder picture on Facebook and uh, they've deemed it inappropriate so we've been put in Facebook jail for 24 hours um, and apparently this is our third offense. So we've been warned. We've been given a warning now. So, which is unbelievable wow. because there's no, there's no, like, it's not, I can only assume as they assume it's his penis and not an actual toilet roll because it's not from a distance. Yeah. It does look like it's his penis, but it's not, it's, it's a toilet roll. And I, I almost challenge. Like, you get an option to challenge it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just let's just take it. So you can either accept decision or challenge it. And I, I just accepted the decision. I was like, well, Whatever. I
1: don't under, I don't understand Facebook. Cause I was in Facebook Joe. A while back, and the whole thing was, I didn't even share the fucking picture. Somebody else shared a, a meme of some broad dumping her tits out, and I thought, and it, believe me, it was a quality pair. And I was like, holy shit! And all I did was save the video. To, like you have the option to save. The, I saved the video. And next thing I know, I get a, a, a just a saving, it for, notification
4: saving it in the one bank. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's, yeah. Put it in the old spank bank for later. And next thing I know, I get a notification or like your, your account's been suspended for 24 hours. I'm like, for what? And then I click on it. And it said, this content's been deemed. I'm like, that's not even my content. I saved that from another fucking page. Like, I didn't share that anywhere. That was that, in my private folder. Why am I getting suspended for my own shit? Like, well, know, so like
0: we've nobody's going
1: to see that but
0: me. <laughs> we've been given oh, three shit. warnings by Facebook. One, I don't even know what it was because so, they won't show me. I think somebody else, and I'm not naming the name, somebody else that used to be involved with our podcast shared something on there that he shouldn't have and quickly deleted it when it got reported. And we were given a warning for that. And then there was another one we were given a warning for, which was over Christmas. It was Santa Claus with, like, uh, a Playboy bunny over his lap and he's smacking a bum. And uh, we got a warning for that. And uh, I think that probably was your fault. You probably shared that, and I took it off you and posted it. And then, um, and then the, <laughs> other, the most recent one is John Dunsworth, no- John Dunsworth's knob, which again it wasn't. <laughs> it was a fucking toilet roll, toilet roll. Uh, you know, cut piece of cardboard tube from a toilet well, roll. Well, maybe they,
1: didn't, they just didn't want you squeezing the charmin. That's what it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we got a warning for that as well. It's just, so now we can't put, we can't do anything on there for twenty-four hours. So for uh, fuck's sake, I know.
1: See, this is the this is the bullshit thing, like. I see things all the time that's controversial. Let me give you a public service announcement, people. I see stuff like that as well. If, if you see something on social media you don't agree with, for fuck's sake, you don't got to run it for everybody else just because you don't agree with it. Either fucking keep scrolling or, you know, unfollow the page so you don't get... My old man, this is, a, this is a great thing, this is a great quick story. My old man come to me one time when I went down to visit them in Ohio, and he said, hey, uh, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, sure. He said, yeah, you got a Facebook, right? I said, yeah. And he goes, could you uh, could you unfollow that one page at uh, shit tits and nipple dicks uh, because you keep sharing shit and it keeps coming up on my timeline. And I got my friends on my Facebook keep sending me a message going, well, why are you sharing this? And he goes, it's because it's on your thing. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> your friends, they, they can either unfollow me or whatever so they don't have to see it. But no, I'm not going to... And my old man's like, come on, man. You're making me look bad to my friends. I'm like... Here I am getting chastised 40-something years old by my old man because <laughs> shit, tits, and nipple dicks is showing up on people's timelines, and, and fucking he's getting butt hurt by it. But I'm like, tell your fucking friends to chill out. It's just a joke. And he's like, yeah, well, they don't find it funny. And I'm like, well, get new friends. I don't know what to tell you. But again, like if you see something you don't personally agree with, don't run for everybody else to be a little bitch and fucking report it. <laughs> just, just keep fucking scrolling. You know, well, that's the thing. See, I don't
0: know if anybody did report us because it doesn't say you somebody's report. Like I, I'm pretty sure it tells you when someone's reported you. Yeah, this may just be Facebook. And someone commented on the Leahy picture and said, um, "I got put in Facebook jail once for sharing this photo." And they made a joke. They were like, uh, "Oh, you know, it was it was awesome in jail. They have the best dope." You know, just a Trailer Park Boys reference. <laughs> and that and that was it. And I, but I should have took that information and thought, right? I better delete this if someone's been you know put in facebook jail for this i should probably get rid of it and i didn't and i ignored it and now we're in Uh, facebook jail so it's my fault i posted it and i didn't take the warning so
1: well um, actually i i have been in facebook jail one other time for a paul walker uh meme that i shared when the whole 10-year challenge was going on and there was a picture of paul walker beside a fast and furious car and the next one was like a a charred corpse and uh because of that one I even had people comment on the meme when I shared it, and they're like, come on, dude, even for you. And I'm like, oh, it's a fucking joke. Get over it. Next thing I know, I went to log in, and the thing popped up that said, you've been suspended for 24." And I'm like, for that? Come on. It's like, if it was like a friend of Paul Walker's, I could see them getting offended. But it's just a joke. I don't know the guy. Like, you know, whatever. But again, I I, I will accept responsibility for that one. That one was in poor taste.
0: But... (laughs) 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 <laughs> but still so, some of the other shit you post is in as well like, there's some stuff I look at and go yeah I'm not uh, I'm not posting that on our page well, even though yeah, it makes mean, me there's, laugh there's, I'm just like no I'm not there's some that I
1: post that I literally I'm a, I'm a member of like 15 different meme sites and all day long I get I'll go on my Facebook just to see what my friends are doing but my whole fucking timeline is full of random memes and I'm like I got ADHD and I'm fucking easily excitable anyway so it's, and that's what my wife will say. She'll say, well, you chill the fuck out with with these memes. She's like, you don't post shit for like eight hours. and the next thing I know there's like 30 memes right in a row. And I'm like, because I go on there and they, they pop up. And I'm like, oh, it's funny. Share that. Share this. Share that. And she's like, but you need to chill the fuck out and like moderation, man. No, you don't see, not need to fucking post you, you, my whole thing. And I'm like, fuck it. It's your excuse,
0: Your excuse now is that, you know, we might need it for the mess hall. Because I, I, exactly. I literally get like ninety percent of my memes from you, so don't stop doing what you do. Because it's I'm, the, it, I'm the you know. fucking
1: meme pusher, baby. That's yeah.
0: what I am. It's, <laughs> what's gotten us the, that's what's gotten us to thirteen k. Is it's, it's, it's t- taking memes that you've shared. I've just posted <laughs> them it up. It's probably what's got us in Facebook jail, but never mind.
1: <laughs> that's all right. <clears throat> hey, like my old friend used to say, if you don't push the fucking envelope once, one you don't cross the line, you don't know where it's drawn. So you
0: know, <laughs> fuck it. Exactly. So, yeah, so you guys, you know it's to follow us. And, and, you know, I must as well mention that we do have T-shirts available now. And I have managed to get the price drop to $17 US for, oh. uh, for all of our merch, like all of our T-shirts, including women's T-shirts, you know, the classic <clears throat> Majors Mess Hall logo and the new Majors Mess Hall logo. Those shirts are all $17, uh, obviously plus shipping as well. Uh, but they were coming up as uh, like $22 at one point. So we've had it, you know, that's a significant drop. Um, I think they are that's twenty-two dollars. The twenty-two dollars Canadian, but they were originally twenty-eight dollars. So we've had it dropped. Hoodies were—I don't know what they are in, in U.S. dollars at the moment. I could find actually. I could find out right now. I think if they're you just give close, me a like
1: thirty bucks.
0: Canadian dollars. A hoodie is thirty-three dollars. U.S. dollars is twenty-five dollars for a hoodie. Wow, that's, that's, that's a hell not, of a deal. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad at all. And that's like that's our you know our old logo. Actually, some of these some of these images need to be removed because they uh, they feature. Uh, people are no longer um, associated with us, so I need to go through all that, including our website as well. But yeah, you can get like a Dick Johnson hoodie there for $25, that's a steal. Gee, so that's, go, that's head like on they there always with...
1: say,
4: it's like a sore dick, you can't beat
0: it. Well, you know, and as well, if you if if, if you, you can't afford a t-shirt, you can't afford a hoodie, but maybe you want a mug, we've got mugs on there now with the new logo on, so go and buy yourself a nice mug. They make great gifts as well. Like, Craig, oh, if you yeah. want to buy Liana presents, go, go and get a mug off the website. If you, you know... Oh. There is posters as well, so we're going to be, we are gonna be—we haven't put any up there yet, but we're going to make some cool posters once we can eventually get a photo shoot done. And I have a plan for that. The plan is going to be when Todd comes here, we're going to do a photo shoot with our photographer that's taken our last few photo shoots. And when I come back to the UK this summer, Craig, you don't know this yet, but I'm going to be booking a photographer to take photos of mainly you, but me as well um, for the podcast. And then when I come back to Canada, I'm going to have our photographer here uh, mix, mix the photos together so it will be as if we were all in the same room because that's probably going to be the easiest way to do it so we will be there will be new pictures coming up for the website and everything and and obviously our social media and for these you know these posters i'm talking about as well so um yeah got some fun ideas in the pipeline you can also if you want to um if you want to support us via uh, patreon you can go to patreon.com forward slash majors mess hall and just donate whatever you can you know this, there is a cost involved to do this podcast you know there's the uh, the website fee and the hostage fee on SoundCloud and also to, <clears throat> to replenish um, equipment that is um, falling apart my laptops are shit and I'm desperately <laughs> trying to replace them so uh, that is the that is the main plan and the people that are the uh, the patrons at the moment you guys are helping tremendously and I want to say a massive thank you on behalf of me Craig and Todd for doing so um, and yeah I don't have anything else, anything else to add how about you two? Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) just uh, once again thank you for all your love and support we do appreciate it Um, I'm going to have more interaction moving forward with some of the people I'm going to start doing some lives on Facebook uh, with the mess hall page I got some other things in the works and um, so keep tuning in for more content and we're going to try to do some more different things moving forward with the podcast so I'm excited about that so stay tuned for 2020 thank you so much keep liking us keep sharing us to all your friends tell everybody about, about us and uh, thank you so much for all the love and support
0: and just again as well a massive thank you to Ronnie Pascal for coming on and talking with us again you can follow him over on Twitter at Ronnie Pascal and uh, we're going to play out this episode with uh, a, friend of our, a friend of the shows uh, one of my favourite singer-songwriters is Daryl Purpose uh, we've played this once before but it's his latest single and it's called You Can Walk Up There so uh, check it out and we will see you for episode one. What will it be? One twelve. One twelve, yeah. Sorry, i got completely lost it. One twelve. <laughs> you can you'll you'll see us for episode one twelve. Take it easy, guys. See you later. Have a good night. Bye. 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 Fuck off. Br- brush your teeth, Craig.
4: Listen
2: to what? What Water bottle in a couple walk up there I'm just saying You can reach the top
4: Reach the top
2: Though you're afraid of failing You can reach the top I'm just saying You have exactly what you need and give it all away There is exactly enough time To find the next best step to take You can walk up there I'm just saying You can make your way, make your way. Through darkness to black Make your way Light a candle You can bring it home Bring it home Let yourself be cast on You can bring it home With a GPS song. Turn it out You have exactly what you need You can't give it all away. There is exactly enough time to find the next best step to take. You can save your life, but you find yourself in no man's land. Save your life. Take my hand. Take my hand. up there I'm just saying You can save your life Take my hand You can make your way Light a candle You can love yourself Don't stop trying I'm just saying.